This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Hopefully, everybody's already parked there because we've been teaching verse by verse, teaching in this book of Matthew, chapter 5, studying on the Sermon of the Mount. And again, this has been a very powerful, enlightening teaching that's been going forth, and I'm just doing my part in this teaching. And Matthew is showing us that Jesus, the King, the King is teaching us about the kingdom of heaven. He is teaching. The king is. So that's what I mean by, hey, just put everything away. Let the king teach you on this evening about the kingdom of heaven and what the expectation is for the citizens in the kingdom of heaven. You know, we, there's, there's certain expectations we have as, as citizens in the kingdom. And we should be demonstrating that in, in every area of our life. And so for my uh, portion of this teaching, I'm dealing with the scriptures from Matthew 5, verse 33 to Matthew 6, verse 18. And let's start with Matthew 5, verse 17 and kind of review a little bit and then we'll get into my portion of the the teaching on this evening. Matthew 5, starting at verse 17, it says, Think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till it all be fulfilled whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven but whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of of heaven. So again, this was teaching, began the teaching around the law and how the Lord was showing us the true intent of the law. And the law is a standard of God for righteousness. And then we talked about how the order of the kingdom is not in the law, but is in righteousness. So God's intentions for the law was the law was reveals man's sin. Right? It shows you that you are guilty before God and you are guilty of sin. And the law brings us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith in him. And then we talked about how, again, the, the fulfillment of the law. And they said the word fulfill means to show the full intent and where it leads to. And I think that's just so important, right? You need to have the full intent and where it leads to. That, that's called fulfillment. And where the law leads to is Christ. Because the Bible says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And so then we begin to show how Jesus is, is, was teaching us that all the law can be fulfilled in two commandments. Fulfillment of the law can be shown in two commandments. Those, those two commandments was love thy neighbor as thyself and love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And on these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophets. Right? And then we saw here how love, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And we talked about your neighbor. We said, okay, well, who is our neighbor? Right? And how, and how do we love our neighbor? And we should love our neighbor with a heart of compassion that is pure towards them. Meaning that our heart is seeking 
for them, our neighbor, the same purpose that God has for them. And then we talk about who is our neighbor. And our neighbor, we saw, is our brother, our sister, our family. Again, and then we learn that our, late, our, our neighbor is also our enemy. That we ought to love our enemies. Right? And so then we begin, uh, my portion is teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. And we talked about, first of all, Jesus' teaching of, around oath-taking. And then we learn some things about our commitments and how we need to let our how we need to communicate. Let our yea be yea and our nay be nay. Right? In other words, we need to keep our commitments. Right? You need to keep your vows. You need to keep your oaths. There's no need to swear as a believer because you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And so that's why he tells us here in the fulfillment of this law, he said, Don't swear. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Stop swearing. When you say you're going to do something, guess what? Do it. Speak truth. Right? The simple affirmation of yes or the simple affirmation of no, <clears throat> when someone asks you to commit to something, shows that you are truthful. Anything else outside of that, and it talks about that, it, it comes, comes evil. That means you start your lying process. You start giving your, your excuses about why you cannot or could not commit, uh, commit to uh, fulfill the commitment that you made. So he's talked about oath-taking, fulfillment of the law. And then he, we got into teaching around uh, retaliation and the law of retaliation where we mentioned this word lex telionis. And I like saying that because it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And again, that's all in reverence to someone does something to me, I'm going to do it back to them in the same manner they did it to me. You're going to punish somebody. But Jesus tells us that we should uh, resist not evil. That means don't respond evil with evil. If someone gives evil to you and the evil acts, I'm not going to return evil acts to you. I'm not going to take a personal vengeance against you because you did evil to me. See, again, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, those in the kingdom of heaven, how we need to respond. Right? And that's how Jesus is showing us how we should respond when someone comes against you. Right? But again, and I, and I made it very clear when we went through this teaching, this does not negate any of the criminal system or the justice system, you know, for crimes that are committed. You know, it is what it is. You commit the crime, you're going to do the time. Right? But I'm not going to have a personal vengeance against you. And the only way to have this kind of attitude, the only way to be this pure in my heart is I must forgive. And forgiveness is the key to how we respond. Because if I forgive, then I can respond to you with an expression of love or charity against someone that hurt me. I can still love you. And I can still show it to you. And so that led right into this passage of Scripture in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5. And we'll pick up here and start reading. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. It says, Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans do? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So again, Jesus is teaching us that how we need to respond to our enemies. He said, love thine enemy. 
right? Love thy enemy. And, and again, it's, it's amazing. Love your enemy. And, and that's, you know, I, and I, I, I didn't say this last time we talked, but, you know, it's amazing how you have these pronouns. And I guess now today's society pronouns are hot, you know, whatever. So let's catch that wave of hot by pronouns. It's amazing to say, love your, your enemy. That means this is somebody who is your enemy. You've got to love them. That means this is someone that you know for a fact that is coming against you, that's your enemy. They have no bones to, to uh, in, uh, you know, about letting you know that, hey, I'm your enemy. I'm going to love you. You know, it's not like one of these hidden enemies. It's, it's one of those upfront and personal enemies. Right? And, and so it said, love your enemies. I mean, like that. Love your enemies. You know, we easily love somebody else's enemies. No, love your enemies. Right? And that's so important. Right? And that's why he said, bless them that curse you. He said, don't hate your enemy. Jesus said, love them. So now my enemy is now my neighbor. And I must love them. And how I'm going to love them, I have to bless them. And we learn so much about that word bless, right? And the Beatitudes. And it means the same state and position that I have in the kingdom of heaven, you know, so being so far off. I want them to have that same blessed state as well. Right? That means I've got to love them, show them the love of Christ. The same love of Christ that was shown towards me, I've got to show it towards my enemy. Right? And I, I think that is so appropriate to be in the kingdom of, in the kingdom of heaven, right? You've got to show love to everyone. I'm going to tell you, if I have to love my, my, my neighbors myself, and now I found that my, my neighbor is also my enemy, who is excluded from my love, from my expression of love? I have to show it to everyone. That means my neighbor are those that I express love to. That's who my neighbor is. Everyone that I express the love of Christ to, that is my neighbor. And my enemy is my neighbor. And I have to love him. And then in the same passage of Scripture... You saw the shift. And it's all of a sudden now in this book of Matthew, the king is speaking to us. And he shows us in verse 45, it says that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. I like that. If you love your enemies, all of a sudden now we got into you are the children of your father. Again, back to those pronouns, your father. Which is in heaven. Your father. So now he induces God, reveals God to us in the concept of a father. And then from this point on, you see the teachings takes a whole different tone about a father and how he speaks to their children. Father's talking now. Father's giving us instruction. And we said before, father represents an intimate relationship. Intimate relationship. That's your father. Notice it. That is your father. Right? You have a father. That means you have a relationship. That means I can go talk to my father. Right? And this is how God reveals himself to us as father. And a father loves his children. And, and, and the father's love for his children is a love that he knows what's best for them. Even when we don't know what's best for us as children. Our father knows what's best for us. And he wants the best for us. He has our best intentions at heart. That's the father. A father represents authority, protection, guidance. Again, despise, uh, 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 depositing instructions and counsel on how we should behave ourselves, that's a father. That's why, you know, even our natural fathers, they're always there instructing. You know, for our natural fathers, it's always a teaching moment. They're depositing counsel to you on how you should behave. 
how you should conduct yourself, how you should respond. And here he's, he's showing us here that as, as uh, he is our father, those that are the children of our father, our heavenly father, that we need to love our enemies. Because our heavenly father said he calls the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sent a rain to the just and the unjust. Right? So that means we need to have the same attitude as our father. Father is our example of how we need to conduct ourselves. And he's given us that example. How we need to behave ourselves. A father shows you those things. And then let me be clear when I say father here. I know we can get caught up in the, in the father and the gender. But don't get caught up in gender. You understand God is not a man. Right? God is a spirit. And we should worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, the worshipers and things that the minister talked about on, on Sunday, being those worshipers. We worship God in spirit and in truth. Right? So don't get caught up in the gender. Get caught up in, the, in he is the relationship. I have a relationship with God as the Father. Relationship. And it's intimate. It's personal. Relationship. And so now, as the relationship that I have with my Heavenly Father, He's going to show me how to behave. And my, my response to Him is to obey and to please my Father. I, want to, I should have an attitude to please my Father. And now we see the King is teaching us these things. So now we get to Matthew chapter 6, we get into full-blown instruction mode from a father to his children. Again, we'll read into this starting in verse 48 of uh, Matthew four, uh, 5, verse 48, and we'll read into <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6. It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Take heed that ye do <clears throat> not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father, which is in heaven. Therefore, when you doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet for thee, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, <clears throat> that they may, may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you do thou, thou, when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And so we see here that he starts giving us counsel as a father is to the children. And the, he starts out with this counsel around alms. But, but I, I like how he makes a comparison here. He says that we should not be how the hypocrites are. Right? And, and again, when he talks about hypocrites, he's talking about those that are play actors. You know, those that are looking for a performance. That are putting on a performance. Don't be like a hypocrite. Right? Again, that's a father. A father's telling you how to respond. Don't be a hypocrite. Right? Don't put on a performance. And then he's using these examples around giving, around charitable, uh, about alms, and he's talking about prayer, and he's going to talk about fasting. He's giving us examples how we should not be hypocrites. That's so important. Stop putting on performance. Right? Because your father sees your heart. And he sees you in private and secret and he knows where your heart is your motivation is and he's going to reward you openly you know in other words stop looking for an applause an accolade from man from this world 
You know, in other words, it's like, it's like your father said, you know, I, I got you. I can take care of you. You don't need to go out to the world to get anything. I can sustain you. In other words, look for my reward. We need to look for the, our heavenly reward from our father. We're looking for a reward from this world that has nothing but sorrow and grief for you, nothing but turmoil for you, but God, and, and, and as being Father, He can give you things that will satisfy you all the days of your life. Our Father. Alright, so let's get into this, this, this teaching He has around alms. Again, we just read it in Matthew 6, 1 through 4. <clears throat> Again, this word alms means... Charitable deeds. Charitable deeds. It also means charitable contributions or charitable actions. That's what it means by alms. Right? And, you know, and we understand what charitable, the root word for charitable is charity, and charity is an expression of love. So now, when I'm doing these expression of love activities, this is considered alms. So now you think about it. He, go back into verse number 1. It says 6 and 1. It says, Take heed that, take heed that you do not your alms, again, your charitable, your expression of love activities, that you don't do alms before men, not to be, to be seen of them. Otherwise, you will have no reward of your, of your Father which is in heaven. In other words, I'm not doing my charitable <clears throat> contributions or charitable giving to be seen by men, to get reward of them. Verse 2, therefore when thou doest thine alms, I mean, I like this. He says, therefore when thou doest. That means you are uh, responsible, you are expected to do charitable actions. That includes giving. That includes charitable uh, contributions. You're expected, he said, when you do them, right? He said, don't sound a trumpet before thee. As the hypocrites do, those play actors do in the synagogues, in the, in the street. Don't sound the trumpet. That means don't go tell everybody about all the charitable things you have done. Again, this is a father talking to his children on how to, how to uh, conduct themselves, how to behave. He's saying, here, this is what you need to do. When you, when you give to somebody, you don't got to tell everybody else what you did to somebody else. Again, where I, you know, think about people in the ministry, think about people at church, or think about this whole time we've been in the, the pandemic, right? You know, you got to go to everybody, all the people that you visited, all the people you prayed for, right? All the people that you brought food over to, all the people that you, you gave them a mask, or you gave them this, you know, you, you tell everybody all these things you've done. That's that trumpet. That's you sounding off. Again, that's, that's you sounding out your, your righteousness. You publicizing your righteousness. He says you have a reward. See, and it's amazing. It's a heart issue. And our Father, our Heavenly Father, wants you to make sure that your heart is right towards Him. And what I mean by your heart right towards Him, what's your motivation by why you're doing your charitable things you do? You don't do these charitable things you do in order to get praise from men. Or acknowledgement from them, you do it out of back to the commandments, right? My love I have towards God. Again, we, we still haven't left that, right? In other words, I love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And because I love the Lord God with all, I know how to please my Heavenly Father by bringing forth, expressing a charitable giving. Because I love the Lord. See, my giving towards you is out of my love I have towards my Heavenly Father, not towards 
wanting you to give me any accolades or praise. That's not why I'm doing it. Again, that's how come when you do things, you should not expect anything in return. That's how you can tell when, you know, you can tell when somebody's not doing something out of, you know, pure heart, right? When they have their hand out like, okay, they bring you something, and all of a sudden they're like, you going to tip me or what, you know, you going to say anything or, no, that's not why I did this. That's why it's good to do things anonymously. You know, don't even tell anybody what you're doing. Right? Don't even, and it said that in verse 3. It says, but when thou doest, um, I like this, when you do it, let not thy left hand know what your right hand do it. See, don't even tell anybody. Don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I mean, that's a very interesting statement, right? Your left hand and your right hand is doing. That means even for, that means even for yourself, how to say this? You know, we can get caught up. You know, we can get caught up with us, with, our, with us that we are so good, and with things that we do, right? You know, words, we get praised ourselves. You know, we look ourselves in the mirror like, look at me. Look at hey, today I went out and I gave this. You know, you're talking to yourself about how good you were today, how much charitable giving you gave today. You you're telling yourself about, oh, well, look at how good you are. In other words, he's saying, do this and let it go. It's not about you. It's not about how good you are. See, don't, hey, when it comes to your left hand and your right hand, they should, hey, don't let your left hand and right hand know what's going on. Just do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not here trying to give praise to myself either. Acknowledge myself. Pat myself on the back. Yeah, look at you, brother. You got it going on today. Because what happens is when you start talking about how good you got it going on today, that means you're comparing yourself to someone else. And now I'm going to look down on someone else because they may not be given like you gave, like you helped somebody. See, this instruction he's given us as a father to his children. And that's why he says in verse 4, that thine arms may be in what? Secret. I love that. Secret. Secret. Why? Because thy father, which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. I'm looking to please my heavenly Father. So I'm going to do it in secret. See, you notice this shift. Now he's really, this shift he gets into Matthew 6, he's really addressing the heart of, our, of his children. That was motivating them to do the things that they do. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be doing things as a performance or as, a, as an actor, as, you know, putting on a, get, trying to get a accolades from other people. The only accolades I want to get is from my Heavenly Father. That's it. No one else matters. He sees in secret. His secret means he sees your heart. Right? I'm not looking for the recognition from anyone else. God is so good. Right? And so then he, he teaches us these things and then he gets into verse 5 and now he starts dealing with prayer. And then, oh my goodness. Matthew 6, verse 5 says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, 
when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now catch this counsel that he has given to his children about how to pray. Right? The first thing he says, don't be as a hypocrite are that love to pray standing. Love to be seen. Look at me, I'm praying. Got my hands up, I'm praying. Everybody see me praying. See, that's a It's amazing. Now, if they're standing up, that means they're probably talking loud too. You want to be seen in her. So people can say, oh, that's a prayer warrior right there. Ooh, they they praying. They must be right with God. All those accolades from men. He said, no. Right? He said, you have your reward. See, Cash says, right, when everybody starts giving you compliments on how great you pray, then what? Then you have your reward. I, I want my Heavenly Father to reward me. You know how my Heavenly Father reward me in prayer? That He hears my prayer. And my prayers are answered. You, you see what He... It's so, it's so ironically when I read these things and you understand what He's saying. It's like, hey, you, you pray to them. They're like, okay. I mean, you, you're praying. They're hearing you. Your reward is them. The reward you get for your prayer from them hearing you is they're saying, great. Not what you said. Not what you prayed about. Not what you made a petition about. I want, I want my Heavenly Father reward me because I'm praying about certain things. That's why I want him to hear me. I'm praying to my Father. I'm not praying for you to hear me because you get. If I got to pray to my Heavenly Father, then I don't need your help. I'm going to go ask you. Again, that's what he's showing. Trust in him. He's telling us how to pray. Our attitude we need to have when we pray. All right, so he said they have the reward. To be seen and standing before others. But then he says, verse 6, but when thou prayest, I like to, again, I like to slow down. I guess to take my time sometimes, but this is it. Every word is so amazing. He said, when, you, when thou prayest. That means you should pray. When thou prayest. That means you should pray. He says, enter into your closet. Now, that's interesting. Go into your closet. Again, compare the hypocrites, right? You're standing in the synagogue in front of all the people for them to see. But no, he's telling you when you pray, go into your closet. Why? So you don't be seen by anybody. Here's the thing about your closet. When he's talking about going into your closet, and people say, I got my prayer closet. I, I hear you. That's great you got your prayer closet. Right? But when he's talking about going into your closet, he's saying you need to get alone with your, with your, by yourself along with you and God, your Heavenly Father, and seek His face. That's where your closet is. A place where you can be alone with your Heavenly Father. Without any distractions. Nobody's hearing you. You're not trying to be seen. That's your closet. And here's how I know He said He don't want nobody to hear you because He says... And when, thou, and when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door. Now, why am I shut the door? <laughs> that means I'm, I'm closed myself in. I don't want nobody else in there with me but me and my Heavenly Father. And I'm talking to Him. 
That's prayer. Me and my Father. That intimate, close relationship out of a heart that loves Him, that wants to please Him. I'm talking to my Father. That means no distractions. Get this, no audience. You don't need an audience when you pray. The audience is you and your Heavenly Father. In that place where it's just you alone. You know, pull away. You know, we, there's even passages of Scripture, and I know I'm going to get time to go there, but, you know, where the Lord Jesus pulled away. He pulled, he pulled away from the crowd. He pulled away from all the disciples. He pulled away by himself and he prayed. Prayed to the Father. Learn that example. Pull away. And just talk to your father. Talk to him. I'm going to tell you, it's nothing like being alone with you and your father. So again, he says, enter that closet, shut the door, and pray to thy father. So that, that show you right there. You're not praying to man. You're praying to thy father. That means I have a relationship. I'm praying out of a relationship I have with the father. Remember, thy father. This is your father. Pray to thy father which is in secret. <laughs> and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You wonder why your prayers are not being answered. Right? Because he seeth in secret. He shall reward thee openly. Understand, your prayers are being answered. You got your reward when you got all that public, public uh, accolades from all great how you're praying. This is amazing how the Father works. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying about a father. A father wants to spend time with his children. It's nothing like a father and child time. And, and, I, and I love this. You know, this is the thing I love about, about God. God the Father. When you go and talk to God the Father, guess what? He is giving you the, His undivided attention. I'm saying He, but you understand. We're not talking about gender, but I'm saying the purpose of talking about He as, as our Father. He's giving you His undivided attention. And that means, at that moment, nobody else matters but you. You know, I just relate this to, you know, as being a, a, you know, a child and, you know, having siblings and, you know, again, you go, you go talk to your parents. You know, it's hard to get some one-on-one time with your parents without your siblings coming there. Right? Because they want to know what you're asking dad. What you talking to father about? What you talking to dad about? Because, you know, God forbid you get something they don't get it, right? So they want to make sure whatever you ask about that, they're going to get on, on, on it too. But this here is just a one-on-one relationship with my father and guess what he is telling me you come to me I'm going to give you my undivided attention that means whatever was going on around it's amazing how I mean that's what I mean if we serve you saw that's indescribable uncontainable Uh, he's amazing God how can God almighty hear my prayers as father and Spend time with me. And he can spend time with you. 
spend time with everyone else that spends time with but I have that one on one time with him. And he's telling you when you pray, and he's telling you, talk to me. It's not like so far, like I ain't got time for you. I'm busy right now. I'm, I'm tired. I got to work all day. I hope you understand what, he, what he's saying, how the father is teaching his children. He's telling them to come talk to me. Spend time with me. Have a relationship with you. One on one. He is not busy, too busy to spend time with you. That's your father. And so he's going to see you in secret. He's going to reward you openly. You know, it's amazing. When, when, when the father realizes you mean business, he, hey, he's going to show you how much business he means. You know, you know, your father knows when you're serious and when you just come playing or when you don't have time. You know, these little quickie prayers. Right? You know, you say it so fast, you don't even remember what you said. Other than Jesus and Amen. And the father like, what was that? Now let's spend some time. Right? Spend time in prayer with your father. That's why I said before, you know, never say you don't have a father. Never say that people say, well, I don't have a father. You have a heavenly father. If you are part of the citizens of the, of the kingdom of heaven, again, you are those that have been born again, you have a heavenly father. Spend time with your father. And let him comfort you. Let him speak to you. Let him encourage you. Let him strengthen you. Let him instruct you. My goodness. And again, I'm telling you, once you start just designating that time with just you and, and him, you, you, I'm going to tell you, your whole life will change. You want me my whole life will change. I mean, it won't be this hit and miss atmosphere. You know, you sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't. Right? You'll be more direction and guidance to get things correct according to his purpose. Because I'm going to tell you something. something there's something about the counsel of the Lord. When God gives you or your father gives you counsel, it's all in the right timing. Because some things may be, you know, right for you to do, but it's not the right time. And it's nothing like hearing the counsel of your father to show you, yeah, that's good what you got, that's fine. But wait. Let's do it at this time. I'm going to tell you, I thank my Heavenly Father for that counsel. Around timing when to do things. Versus me going out there and saying, yeah, I got it, I'm going to go do it. You're like, no, just slow your roll, bro. Slow your roll. You know, let's, let's meditate on these things. Let's get it down in you first. Then go out there and yeah, now then he'll let you know it's time. Let's do it. And here we are. Well, Lord, when is the time? Just keep seeking him. Keep seeking his face. See, he's going to reward you openly as you spend time with him. Man, our Heavenly Father's good. Pray to the Father. He will reward you. He's your Heavenly Father. Without instructions, Without an audience, where your heart is speaking to Him, because you know, understand, you know, you know what your heavenly Father hears. He hears your heart. Again, He wants you to speak. Now, don't get in there, y'all. You know, you both, you just sitting there quiet, and you're like, well, are you like, you gonna say something? 
Father, I thought you hear my heart. No, you got to say something. He knows it. That's amazing. He already knows what you're going to ask before you ask, but you still got to ask. He already knows what you're going to ask for before you ask, but guess what? You still got to ask. Why is that? Because that helps you to let you know who is Father. Ask. Verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Here we go. As the heathen do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Don't use these vain repetitions. Right? You know, vain repetitions mean empty words. Right? Useless words. How to say this? In other words, when you, when you come and talk to your father, don't try to say things and impress him. Right? You know what I mean by that, right? We're going to say all this. You're going to speak a language to him that you don't even speak normally. Use your, out of your own personality, how you talk, talk to your father. Again, we're not talking about being disrespectful. We're talking about coming from you. Instead of using these vain repetitions. You know, vain repetitions, you repeat something you heard. You don't even know what it means. But now it's time you pray to your, your father and now you start repeating vain repetitions. He's like, and he'll ask you, what does that mean? And you're like, uh, you know, like even naturally, right? You know, your children say something to you, you ask them what they mean, and like, I don't know, I just heard it. I don't know what it means. It sounded good. And we go to our Heavenly Father that way. It sounded good, but he's like, what does that mean? What do you want me to, how do you want me to respond to that as your father? Stop using those vain repetitions. Again, back to what we, we talked about before. Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. In other words, learn how to communicate with your Heavenly Father. Simplicity. It's a, again, it's not by your many words you're going to be heard. Now i got time for this. Let's, let's look at, I'm going to look at this, how Paul prayed. I like how Paul prayed to his Father, his Heavenly Father. How simple it was. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Hopefully this is helping somebody. I know it's helping me because I mean I'm telling you, when you, it's made. We start praying and talking to our heavenly Father. It's like we got a whole other language. And then you, and you hear the heavenly Father like, just talk to me. Second Corinthians twelve. I'm in eleven. Second Corinthians twelve, starting in verse seven. Now Paul had a real issue that he talked to his heavenly Father about. He says. Verse 7 in 2 Corinthians 12, it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Verse 8, For this thing, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Paul talked to the Lord three times about this, that it might depart from me. I like that he besought the Lord. I mean, he engaged with the Lord. In verse 9, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And you see that it's in red, right? The Lord spoke to him 
it's amazing to me. He said this to, to, to Paul about my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then here comes now Paul's response. From receiving the counsel of his father, he said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon, upon me. Therefore, verse 10, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You see how all by him praying to, to the Father, how he got rejuvenated, how he got strengthened, how he got encouraged. His whole tone changed. Now he can go forward. He said, now I can take pleasures in my friends. Same thing he complained about now. Hey, I can endure it. He realized that when I am weak, that's when I'm strong. For Christ's sake. See how powerful it is to spend time with our Heavenly Father. And how, you know, and again, he didn't use lengthy prayer, lengthy vain repetitions. He said, he asked the Lord three times. Yeah, he asked him three times. Three times shows his diligence, not vain repetitions. And you know, we can be diligent about what we're going to be diligent about. This is an issue for Paul. But the words of the Heavenly Father got him to a place where he can endure it. It says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Said a lot of things, go back to Matthew chapter 2. A lot of things we are struggling with now. I'll tell you the struggles we have now because you didn't pray to your father about it. Let your father strengthen you. Encourage you. Because you get alone with him. Tell him what's going on with you. The hurt, the pain, the disappointments. And let your heavenly father bring forth peace to your heart, to your soul. That from your closet, from your time, you can rise up and endure. You can go, you know, what am I doing? You can go forward. Paul got up and from that moment he went forward. He didn't quit. He didn't stop. He got up and went forward. Because the time he spent with his heavenly father. See again, he that sees, our father sees secretly rewards you openly. I'm going to tell you, you can tell people that spend time with their, with their father, with their Heavenly Father. But you, you can tell. How can you tell those that have spent time with their Heavenly Father? Because they're always pressing. They're always moving forward. They're always progressing. They are focused. Because they understand, hey, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. When this flesh is weak, that's when... I am strong. God is so good. Verse 7 again. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So that's what I mean. Don't, you know, get those vain words. God, he already knows. Your heavenly father knows. God the father knows. But he still wants us to ask. Right? He knows. He knows. Right? And so then he gets into this 
in verse 9. And we call it the, the Lord's Prayer. But he talks about, verse 9, it says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So now you see how you need to approach God in prayer. Approach God, your Father, in prayer. And here's the thing that sticks out to me every time I, I read these, this passage of Scripture about the, about the prayer here is, is that He said, Our Father. Again, Praying is out of an intimate relationship with the Father. Our Father. And then if we go on, the other thing that sticks out to me is forgiveness when we pray. Because in verse 14 it says, For if ye forgive men that trespasses, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That means in my time of talking to my Heavenly Father, I must address forgiveness in my heart towards others. I've got to address that in my heart. That means I've got to forgive. Again, let go of the debt. Just let it go. Not holding grudges. I have to forgive. Because if I don't, He said, my Heavenly Father won't forgive you of your trespasses. See, that's what I'm saying. That's why I tell you, that's why it's going back to talking about going into your, your prayer closet, right? Going into your closet, right? Because your time with your Heavenly Father is personal. It is private. You know your issues you have. Talk to your Heavenly Father about those issues. You know your forgiveness issues you have. There's people, individuals that you have not forgiven. You have not let it go. And your time when you're in, in, in prayer with your Heavenly Father, when your time alone with Him, without the audience, share with God about those things. You know, many of us have, we're talking about Father, many of us have daddy issues. Many of us have mama issues, uncle issues, cousin issues, sibling issues. And when we talk about husband and wife issues, forgive. Well, they did me wrong. Go back to the teaching we saw about fulfillment of the law. Love is a fulfillment of the law. I have to forgive. I'm not going to hold any personal vengeance towards anybody, regardless of what they did towards me. Because that will show up when I try to talk to my Heavenly Father in prayer. And I'm going to tell you, this is, your Heavenly Father is so good. He's going he gonna to ask you about that. While you're asking Him all these things that you want, He's going to say, but what about this? I'm going to tell you, that, that's how the Lord speaks to me. That's how my Heavenly Father talks to me. I go in there, got my little list. You know, we say I, things I'm going to pray. And, I, you know, I'm going my... And I go in there, my Heavenly Father, like, you can put that list away, bro. I got a list for you. What about this? What about brother so-and-so? What about sister so-and-so? What you going to do about that? You going to hold that in your heart? 
for what they did to you years ago or a few minutes ago, you still talking about that in your heart? We have to forgive. That, that's the thing that I brings out to me so much when it talks about this prayer, the model prayer. This is our Father and forgiveness. Again, he says it in verse 12, right? He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Here we are asking for our forgiveness, but we won't forgive. Again, that sounds back to being a hypocrite. You know, you just, you just born and put in a performance. But you won't forgive. See, that's why our heart has to be right. Has to be pure. Has to be sincere. We come to our Heavenly Father in prayer. And He is our Father. He is so good. Forgiveness is the key. I'm telling you, forgiveness is the key. You wonder why your prayers are not answered. You wonder why he's like, what, what is going on? Forgiveness is the key. Again, these things we learn in this ministry. Thank God for a teaching ministry. Thank God we've heard these things for years. You know, and it still comes back around because we still have issues with Thank God for this ministry. Because we can go back to other scriptures that says, you know, the Lord hears, God hears the prayers of the righteous. Yeah, he does hear the prayers of the righteous. Those that got a heart of forgiveness. It's amazing how we just forget about the forgiveness part. Well, he's going to hear the prayers of the righteous. That's true. The God, the Father, hears the, the prayers of those in right standing with him. You better believe it. But he wants to hear you forgive in your heart. Forgive. Just let it go. So again, this is the, the Father teaching us that the words that we use in our prayer is just a byproduct of what we have in our heart. Again, we pray to our Heavenly Father from our, from our heart. Again, the words we use are just a byproduct of what's in our heart. That's what I mean by it. it's not vain repetition. I'm not conjuring up something to say. It's, it's a byproduct of what's in my heart. You know, I, I, I love the Lord. I love my Heavenly Father. I ain't got to make up words to show my love. That's prayer. That's seeking His face. That's just spending time with Him. So next time you pray, keep this in mind, right? Spend time with your Heavenly Father. Don't be in a hurry. Isolate yourself with just you and him. And talk to him from a heart of forgiveness. Let's move on. Verse 16. It says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their face. And it's so amazing to hear these things. They disfigure their face that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret, 
and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So now he's addressing fasting. Right after praying. I mean, there's a reason why we have prayer and fast. Right? And when we mention fasting, I mean, these things, we talk about fasting, things that we've been taught in this ministry. When you're fasting, you are, you are abstaining from carnal or fleshly desires in order to seek God's counsel. That means I'm on purpose in, I'm abstaining for certain things that excites my flesh or my carnality so that I can seek God in His counsel or seek my Heavenly Father in His counsel. Because my flesh is out of control. In order to bring my flesh in control, I need to fast. I need to deprive it of things that it wants. And the fast is for me, not for God, but for me, so I can focus on my Heavenly Father when I'm talking to Him. And when I'm fasting, things we learn here in this ministry, my, when I'm fasting, I'm not focused on what I'm depriving my flesh of. That is not the focus of the fast. In other words, if I'm not eating meat for whatever, for I'm saying I'm fasting for 30 days, I'm not eating meat for 30 days. I'm not sitting there thinking about all the replacements for meat. Right? Beyond meat. And getting all the beyond meat. No, I'm just not eating meat. I got to put together a whole recipe of what I'm going to... See, you, you lose focus. It's not about me doing without meat or without sweets or without, you know, whatever, sugar. Or whatever. You know, the focus is my father is seeking his counsel. That's the fast. I'm seeking his face. I'm talking to my heavenly father without the distractions of my own self. See, I'm telling you, sometimes we are our worst enemy. You know what I mean by that? We are our worst distraction. Again, going back to what he said, that's why he says, get along. It's amazing when you, soon you get along with yourself, all of a sudden your flesh starts talking to you. Oh, I wonder what's on TV. Oh, you start growling, I'm hungry. Right? Ooh, I wanted somebody to call me. You know how we are social media. We got to tell everybody what's going on. I'm missing something on whatever I'm looking at. So, I mean, it's amazing. Your flesh starts going. Calm your flesh down. That's what we mentioned before in this ministry. Hey, sometimes the best thing to fast is your, your social media, you know, activity. Fast it. Put it aside. Why? So I can spend time with my Heavenly Father and not be distracted by myself. That's fast. So he said, when you fast, he said, don't be like a hypocrite. So you got this sad face on. Let everybody know. Again, that's what I'm saying. If you fast in social media, you got to let everybody on social media go, no. Well, hey, y'all, I'm, I'm out now. I'm, I'm going on my fast for 30 days. I'll catch y'all in 30 days. I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. No, come on. You got to let the social media, all your, you know, your followers know that you're fasting. Oh, you're so religious. You're so spiritual. We'll be praying for you while you fast. Please. You got your reward. Right? You got to broadcast you fasting. And your body language has got to show you fasting. I guess you can change your emoji, right? You're, you're in fasting mode. So now your whole emoji changes on social media. You got the fasting emoji. Silly. See, that's the hypocrites do. That's the performance folks. 
they got the reward. When you get all those accolades from everybody on social media, all your followers, you just receive what you, you, you asked for when you're fast. You got your reward. Whatever you're seeking God for, that wasn't what you was asking for. What you were seeking was the acknowledgement of everybody else telling you how spiritual you are. So you got your reward. Most people say, well, you know, fasting just don't work. No, it works. When you have the proper way of fasting, it works. And actually, it, like I said before, it worked for you because you got your reward. Fasting. And then praying. Spending time with your Heavenly Father. In other words, don't just go without something and not spend time with your Heavenly Father. That's not prayer. In fact, you're just going on a diet or whatever it is. You've got to pray. Right? You exchange that time that you were spending with social media or whatever it is. So I'm, I'm spending time with my Heavenly Father. And I'm saying, here's the thing about your flesh, too. It's you can spend a lot of time in your thoughts. Your thoughts will, spend, will have you going. You don't be able to spend time with your thoughts. You can't, your thoughts won't even shut down. I'm going to tell you, when you start a fast, especially fast, something that your, your flesh desires, it's going to take you a week just to get the thoughts out of your head. Because, if, I mean, those, those regular thoughts, that come all the time. You meditate on things all the time. It's there. Your thought life has to change. It's going to take a week just to recalibrate your thoughts. Because even though you're not on social media, you're thinking about it. And you're meditating on it. And you think, what was you missing? What's being said? What's going on here in the news? What's going on there? I mean, you, you, that's your thoughts. Over, I mean, your thoughts. And, and, and your heaven father, like, you know, when are you going to think of me? When are you going to think about me? When are you going think about my goodness? When am I going to get some of that thought time? Look at this in Isaiah chapter 58. It talks about a fast. Isaiah chapter 58. <clears throat> the book of Isaiah chapter 58, verse 5. It says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. It is to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Will thou call this a fast? An acceptable day of the uh, acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free. And that ye break every yoke. It, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? I like this. And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. And that thou hide not thy, thyself from thy own flesh. Then shall... Thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. In your time of fasting, in your time of praying, 
it's amazing to you what your Heavenly Father will show you about other people. And how you can show your expression of love towards them. Right? In other words, you go feed the hungry. You're going to clothe the naked. It's going to deal with your heart. Those that are poor, you're going to like, you know, you're going to be, you're going to put forth your charitable arms to them. Your arms, you know, your dudes, your contribution. You're going to go, it's amazing how you think it's, I'm going to say, you think it's all about you, God? Like, I, I, I'm going to show you where your heart is. In your time of fasting, he will show you how you can be a blessing to others. And that's going to help encourage you. You say, you're, you're, hey, your health shall spring forth speedily. Fast. We need, we need to live a fasted life. You need to incorporate fasting in your lifestyle. You need to pull away from things that excite your flesh. And pray. And let your Heavenly Father speak to you. And guide you. And direct you. And things that you need to do to continue in the kingdom of heaven and be productive and fruitful. And God is a faithful God. God is faithful. Again, I hope you were blessed by again getting through this book of Matthew chapter 5 and then now we're in Matthew chapter 6. It's a powerful teaching that's going on here. These things that have been said throughout the whole teaching, that's going to, even the teachings that are coming, right? Take heed to it. Hopefully your prayer life is going to be different. Hopefully your charitable alms, how you're giving will be different. And hopefully your, your fasting will be effective. Because now you understand you have a Heavenly Father that is waiting for you to come talk to Him. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.